Alright, welcome to the final episode of Overdrive. This is going to be a shorter episode, but still, nonetheless, very interesting episode. Unfortunately, today I have no co-host, but we'll, we'll still see what we can crank out. So, if you remember, in our last episode, we talked about a Bugatti that was driven into a lake for insurance fraud. That was a 2009 Bugatti Veyron. Well, today we're going to be talking about a Bugatti that was rolled into a lake on the Italian-Swiss border. The lake is known as Lake Maggiore, or Lago Maggiore, as it is known in the Italian-Swiss border. So, yeah, let's let's dive right into it. So, for a while around this this area, it's it's kind of been a uh, more of a myth than anything. But um, in we'll we'll get to that later. Basically, some backstory to this. So, in 1934, a, uh, a Grand Prix driver named Rene Dreyfus was playing poker with a few guys uh, around that area in France, I believe it was. And he was playing with this Swissman, uh, Aldert, Ad- Adalbert Baudet. And in uh, around that time, uh, the Grand Prix driver was uh, a little drunk, you know, playing some poker, doing some drinking. And I guess he started running out of money because the next thing he put up to bid was his Bugatti Type 22 Brescia Roadster, a 1925 model. This Bugatti was about 10 years old, and back then that would not have been of significant value at all, especially considering at the time Bugatti was still fairly unknown. It was in his early stages, but it was a pretty good track car. That's why it was driven by basically what was the golden boy of Grand Prix back then. Either way, um, fact of the matter is, he lost. Uh, he lost his car. Uh, he had to take the walk of shame home, I guess, while Mr. Baudet was driving home with his prize. His prize being that Type 22 Brescia Roadster. Either way, so Baudet, Baudet was heading home, and I guess he lived in Switzerland, right? And as he was heading home, he was stopped at the border. And even then, you still had to pay import fees and everything. And he had run out of money, I guess. I guess he wasn't having a, a hot night either. So he wasn't able to pay the import fee on the on the Brescia Roadster. So he ended up taking the walk of shame, too. Uh, he just left the car there with Swiss officials and told them to dispose of it however they wanted to. So they chose to, you know, just roll it into Lake Maggiore. And unlike the Bugatti that went into the lake in our last episode, this was not insurance fraud. This was just careless disposal. I don't know. I can see a few border border guards or whatever they call them in Switzerland. I can see them being like, let's roll this Bugatti into the lake. But I guess that's what went down. Either way, they rolled the Bugatti into the lake and it came to rest about 173 feet down. So, around that time, it was it was just a myth, you know? Uh, everybody had heard tales about the Bugatti in the lake. And it wasn't until 1967 when there was enough technology to be able to overcome the 29 fathoms of water pressure. And, uh, well, fact of the matter is, it wasn't a myth anymore because you had people seeing it for their own eyes. And for the next 40 years, people people kept diving to see it. People would come out to see the Bugatti of the, the lake. And even around 67, that was when Bugatti was starting to get some get some traction. And, you know, it became a pretty famous thing. Pretty, and, you know, 
Not even just because of the value of the car, probably because of just the history behind it. So, either way, it sat down there at the bottom of the lake for a while. 170 feet. 29 fathoms. And, you know, uh, into the early 2000s, there was a, uh... Apparently, there was a street fair around that area. And uh, a young a young man, I believe he was 16 years old, was beaten to death in a random act. It was just brutal random beating, is what this article is saying. Uh, so either way, he got beat to death. And the local diving club, I believe the same one that originally found the Bugatti in the first place. You know, this is many years later, not the same people, but same club, essentially. They decided that they were finally going to raise the car from the lake and donate whatever proceeds they made to a charity in the boys' honor to prevent youth violence. Long story short, in 2008, they were able to finally... Oh, no, sorry, 2009, they were able to finally get harnesses around it and pull that Bugatti out of the lake. Uh, This was on July 12th of 2009, so it'll be coming up on its 10-year anniversary here. Um, And one of the coolest things that people noticed... And this is pretty famous, is that the fact that the tires still had air in them, which, I don't know, that's pretty crazy, because I'm looking at some pictures here, most of the ti- most of the wheels don't even have a tire on them anymore, it's just, it's just wheels, but there's one tire there that's still holding air, that's crazy. But either way, the half of the car just corroded and dropped off, and the other half was still there. Uh, of course there was silt all over it and everything. But either way, it got prepped, uh, cleaned up as best it could, and it sold for $370,000 at auction, which, uh, that's not bad at all. That's what the guy wondered for the Total Doubt Bugatti Veyron in the last episode. Either way, going on. Uh, now it, now the Bugatti's actually in California. Uh, it sold at auction in 2010. And it was sold to a man named Peter Mullen, who owns an auto museum in California, where it sits today. Uh, what it's saying here is uh, that the Bugatti gets its own room, and the lights are dimmed down, and there's pictures of it being raised. But you're supposed to, you know, just be able to take it in and really think about the fact that, man, this Bugatti has, you know, it's withheld, and that tire still has air in it. It's it's crazy, and it's dark down there to represent the, the light that it would have been down below, you know, 29 fathoms of water. So, yeah. And really, it, more than anything, it's a, it's a piece of art. It's a piece of history, you know? Art art is whatever you make of it, but history, that's, that's what's crazy. So, I don't know. It's and there there's so many cool parts of this story. I mean, you have drunken ignorance, you have remorse, and my favorite part of the story personally is the fact that all of these proceeds were donated to a charity in that boy's honor. Uh which that doesn't relate too much to the car, but still it's just one of those things that really makes you think of the good in people, I guess. I don't know. Not to get weird or anything, but Alright. Well, thank you for tuning in to the last episode of Overdrive. Sorry it wasn't uh, too long of an episode, but still a pretty cool story, I think. I wish I had a co-host with me, but, you know, 
that's how the gears shift, I guess. So, thank you for tuning in, and thanks for listening. If you did listen, I don't know, no one probably listened. So, thank you, and goodbye.